Hey everyone, we're back with another week of Find Your Film. This is for the week covering Friday, January 21st, 2022. As per usual, we have a lot of movies to cover. I am so... Look, we've been... Bruce Berkey, Brunana, Brunana, a perk in the classroom. How long have we been doing this? Eric, do you know as well, Eric Holmes? How, how long have we been doing this? About a year and a half as Find Your Film, I believe. Yeah. And then maybe movie mainline with Lewis for about five months. So maybe overall two years we've been doing the whole podcast thing, right? Oh, you've been about a, lot a little longer. less than that, but a little um, less than two years for sure. Out of all of the featured movies that we've been covering, I this is probably a top three situation. I am so excited for this episode. I want to know what you, Eric Holmes, thinks and you, Bruce Perky, think of this new movie called Lunana, A Yak in the Classroom. We, I learned a lot about. I can't wait to <laughs> do this review. Yak. Oh, oh, Sorry, I'm yakking. Eric, <laughs> Eric Holmes is really yakking. That's how he felt maybe about this movie. I hope not. And we're also going to be covering a movie from Iran by Asghar Farhadi called A Hero. It is Iran's official submission for the 94th Academy Awards. Most important, actually, most importantly for you listeners, it will be available on Amazon Prime Video starting January January twenty first. Those will be our two featured films for this week. But we also have a really cool thing, Bruce Perky. Can you just talk about what's the meat of the show? What are we going to be talking about regarding year end roundups? Uh, yes, we have described, I think, for about two weeks now, some of the oddball categories that we made for best of 21 just to make it more fun than just you know best picture best actor blah 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 so at least that way you guys could get involved as well and we're going to talk about those very very cool eric holmes are you ready to talk about some of the best categories the most interesting categories from this year what are you excited to talk about regarding our roundups yes all of them (laughs) yes all of them (laughs) The the movies this has been a great year and i wonder how much of that has to do with the with the the covid thing the theaters shutting down uh so the as much as they tried the superhero movies and the blockbusters didn't you know they still took up some of the conversation but it didn't take up all the air in the room throughout the entire year so i think a lot of uh, smaller movies had a chance to kind of shine through a bit more than they would have otherwise eric holmes I'm going to confess, personally, I like when the big juggernauts of movies like Marvel and my favorite corporation, a.k.a. Art Artist Haven, Disney, just swallows and eats up the little guy. <laughs> I want just mega monolith movies. What do you think, yeah. Bruce? Just all blockbusters. You guys are, are you guys down with that? And then, yeah? I, I, see, the thing is that there's a spot for those. You know, a lot there, of people like there. those movies. But it's not that they went away. It's just since they weren't in theaters, they didn't get a chance to be the only the only uh, people at the table. I, I think a lot of uh, smaller movies got to uh, kind of have their own uh, say throughout the year, which I, I don't think, uh, you know, it's been that way in the past, but not recently, not in the last couple of years, I don't think. Bruce, do you think the art house theater is pretty much with our pandemic state of the state? It might just go on until the rest of our days. Who knows? You think art house theaters are pretty much a dying breed or if not already dead as it well you know i don't know I, I think there might be a period where it dies but it might almost be like um vinyl you know i think there it might find a way it might kind of come out of the shadows it'll probably be different it'll probably really be locally run but if independent film can also have a more truly independent way to be distributed to be made that might work 
So uh, we'll see. Well, listeners, I'm going to con- continue to promote myself as the bad guy on the podcast because I will watch my, my movies, my indies, and my blockbusters on my iPhone 8 Plus while the betters, Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes, they are championing championing cinema. How so? They actually go out to the theaters and watch movies. Bruce and Eric, can you talk about your movie experience last weekend regarding IMAX? What did both of you trek out to go see? Well, we got to see The, uh, the Bell. Bell in IMAX, which I believe last week we were talking about. It's like, uh, was it last week or the week yeah, before? The we, week, we're last talk, week. We were talking about like, uh, oh yeah, this. There's no way in hell this thing's going to be blah blah blah. And then I, I look just to just to scroll to see what's playing in theaters, and sure enough, Bell's playing in theaters. Bell's playing in IMAX. Hey Bruce, Greg, did you guys know about this? Yes, it was a quite. Uh, I mean, it, it's still still a great movie. Um, whether you watch it. On your iPhone, or you watch it on the biggest screen with awesome sound. I, I watched the. Uh, uh, I, I was thinking of uh, doing the dub version for that since I had already seen it with the subtitles. I kind of wanted to kind of let it wash, but I couldn't bring myself to do it. So I just watched the subtitled version. But I, a lot of it was just kind of taking in the sounds, taking in the visuals, um, and yeah, it, it was uh, pretty magical. Can we safely assume, Eric, that you had a better time watching it? on IMAX than in your TV screen at home. No disrespect to your television screen. Yeah, uh, definitely. I, I wish I would have sat there first, I, actually, because I liked a, a lot of it. Like, I knew I knew who the Beast was. I knew where the story was going. But oddly enough, it's just one of those stories. Like, it, it's one of those things where I guess it kind of helps a little knowing where it's going because then you start kind of picking out little bits uh, as you're watching it, um, noticing little things. And you can notice little tiny things because it's freaking huge. So that little tiny thing is actually this big. So yes. I wish. Oh, are you okay? I wish people noticed more tiny things. <laughs> if, if people noticed more tiny things, then I wouldn't be single. Bruce Perky, your your overall thoughts on watching Bell on IMAX with your family, with your kids, with your sons? I think you brought both of them to it. Is that is that the story on that? Uh, brought both my boys, uh, seventeen and. Um almost 13 and i just said hey do you guys want to go see this because i'm gonna go see it again either way and uh <laughs> but i gave them the option they said they said uh sure it's a chance to go see a movie and then i said well it's japanese anime it's gonna be musical it's kind of romantic it's kind of beauty and the beast so i'm telling warning you guys it might not be your cup of tea and they were like that's fine and i said do you want to see it uh subtitled <laughs> and they said or i said dubbed and they said subtitled and i'm like cool Let's go do it. And we did. And surprisingly, they really loved it. My oldest, I thought for sure, would be like, meh, kind of iffy on it. He really liked it. And he was even like, there could have been more songs, Dad. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> that, that's awesome. <laughs> but no, it it played really well in a, in a theater. I mean, hearing all the songs and music, you know, in a great sound system, of course, is great. And I got to say, the, the big, cl- there's kind of a big climactic song number i'm not going to say what happens there but seeing that on the big screen was really amazingly good it was really good so hopefully more people go out and check it out because i think it could it's it's niche but i think it could get a little bit of a groundswell buzz out of it so just the fact that it's a wide release or yeah it seems wide release if it's playing in imax i i think uh i think maybe this uh movie's um getting more eyeballs on it than certainly more than i thought it ever would and i'm happy to see it yeah so that is bell it's hopefully as as we're recording this hopefully it's still playing in select theaters like in select
select cities. If you have an IMAX in your neighborhood, give Bell. Bruce and Eric, high rec- again, high recommendations on Bell, right? There's no... Yeah? Yeah. It's- I, oh, I and have. remember when I said I gave it a four and a half with room to grow? <laughs> IMAX pushed it to a five. <laughs> Okay, so that is a five star banger. It had, it had it had a room to grow. So yeah, yeah, I'm fifty and I'm five six and overweight. I wish I had room to grow so I could spread my wings too. But thankfully, Bell does spread its wings. Five stars for I believe Bruce Perky. Five stars for Eric Holmes. Four stars for me because I am an idiot. Now let us go from Bell to IMAX to our featured movies. A hero. Okay, directed by Asghar Farhadi, the filmmaker behind it. I believe what's the, his movies. He, he he directed a movie called The Past, and I think he directed a film called Separation. Really highly revered filmmaker. This is the story of a man named Rahim. He's out of prison just for a couple of days on leave. He's in debtor's prison. He owes he owes a lot of money to someone, and for some reason he is this kind of guy. Rahim is a guy. He's very, he seems very nice. He has a very hangdog look about him. As soon as he's released. He he is focused on paying off his debt so he doesn't have to be in jail anymore. But due to circumstance, his girlfriend finds a quote-unquote pot of gold, meaning some money, some gold, trinkets, some gold in a purse. And for some reason, he wants to, they're thinking, hmm, maybe if we sell that gold, that would contribute to the, to my debt to alleviate some of my debt maybe things will go well maybe my, maybe I'll be released so he's all these things are he's thinking maybe I could do that and his girlfriend is in cahoots but this movie is called a hero and the whole theme behind a hero is Rahim though he is in debtor's prison he is a good guy he has good intentions he wants to be a good samaritan and he decides to maybe return return it and he's looking for the person who actually may have lost all that gold. But is that the rest of the movie? This movie shows how maybe that proverbial cliche, no good deed goes unpunished. And it is a very layered drama with a lot of... You're going to be shaking your head for, I think, most of the film. It is frustrating to watch, not because of the storytelling by Asghar Farhadi. I think it's supreme storytelling, but just because when you see the predicament predicaments that Rahim gets himself into just out of good intentions and due to maybe a lack of foresight and emotional intelligence, you get really, really frustrated. And it it might be something that you might absolutely love watching like I did, or you might say, oh, I don't know if I really want to watch this go too much more too much longer. So I really enjoyed it. Eric Holmes, you, you recently saw a hero. Did it frustrate you regarding his journey? How did you feel about this movie? Did it connect with you? At first, I hated it. The The movie opens up with the guy walking up scaffolding for 10 minutes. And then uh, they uh, cut to his, his wife, air quote wife. They're not actually married, but they're going to get married whenever he gets out of the debtor's prison. Then it's her walking downstairs for... I mean, they already showed him walking for 10 minutes, so they're going to show her walking downstairs for two minutes. <laughs> and I was like, my God, is this another one of these fucking things? And then uh, and then they started doing the, the debtor's, pri- uh, debtor's prison, which I mentioned to you and Bruce that that just confused me. Like I, I'm like, I don't think I get it. And then Bruce said, it's a debtor's prison. You stay in prison until you can pay off the debt. I'm like, okay, I guess I do get it. Then. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But, it. but he was like, he's like in a prison, but he was like just out and about all the time. So I think it's more like uh, if you ever been in, uh, if you ever been in jail and get like work release, 
Like, you can be out during the day, but then you gotta go to the jail at night, which is... It's cool that they do that, but it, it just put them on house arrest or not arrested at all at that point but either way but then once the once the gambit started taking shape and once the uh idea of uh the title of a hero starts to form itself and then once he starts talking to the guy that he owes the money to now i'm on board and then from that point on it just it just keeps the screw you know keeps turning the screw and turning the screw and then uh (laughs) i was telling bruce i was like you know, if this unless this movie shits a bit, there's no way I give this movie anything under four stars. And then, <laughs> sure enough, the movie didn't shit the bed, but the character sure did. And I'm like, oh motherfucker, this is like a really good example of. And and I'm not gonna forgive like the first ten, fifteen minutes because that's the I, I don't think that adds anything to the movie. They probably could have cut that out, but the way after that nonsense at the beginning. Once they kind of set the stakes, set the world, set the situation, and then have them do the thing with the bag of gold. And then now you just see everything. Everything already happened. Now you're just watching it play out. Now, and you say, uh, you say you gave it to, uh, the bag of gold back to the one. Yes. All right. What's her phone number? I don't know. You don't know. No, I called here. Okay. What's her address? I don't know. Okay. There's something going on here. And then that's the part where the movie starts really taking shape and really, you know, the snowball starts rolling down the hill. And this thing is fucking fantastic. Probably like you said, <laughs> it's, 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 it, it, it goes places. Um, the way that the, the hero, um, the, you know, air quote hero, uh, likes to, uh, kind of exploit his son for his benefit. And, and then at one point he's like, don't put my son in there. It's like, motherfucker. <laughs> Now you care? Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this guy just, as everything starts to fall apart, um, I think you, uh, at least I did, um, I started hating this guy along with, the more the movie went along, I started hating the guy along with the general public. Because, right. it, you know, it, it becomes a public thing, and he's like this, he's a, oh, he's such a good guy, and then as it goes on, like, things start being found out about him. I hate him right along with everyone else, and, uh, and then the ending, uh, not to give away the ending, but the ending was really kind of one of those understated things, which I think normally bugs me with movies like this, but I think it works for this because you've just, you know, they've been twisting the screws the entire movie. And then now you're just like, okay, well, okay, it's over. And, and you, you just kind of get a chance to kind of breathe and reflect on the entire movie that you just saw. And this is really fucking good. And everyone should watch it. Yes, yeah, so But wrote- just know. That first 10, 15 minutes are going to test you. But just get through that or skip past there, whatever you got to do. But once the, once the story gets going, it, it gets going. Well, in fairness, in the first 15 minutes to me when he's going to that what, that tomb site, it's a really interesting, beautiful shot of, I think, the tomb of Xerxes or something like that. It's yeah. just a really amazing shot. But to Eric's point, it is a gradual film. First 10, 15 minutes, you have to get into it. But then as the narrative unfolds, I was actually saying... Can't this please? Can you just slow down your story? Because everything that's going on is really making me sad and confused and frustrated. I want to go back to the boring stuff in the beginning <laughs> when they're just laying down the foundation, Eric. But, you know, Bruce, this movie is also an indictment on social media, reporting the Good Samaritans, how, how people like to put a hero or a heroine up, up in the national stage and pretty much praise them but then it also there's a lot of lies and half truths that happen with these situations so it's it's a really it's a little bit of an indictment on the media and how we portray our quote-unquote heroes do you think this movie really landed a knockout for you as a viewer 
Yeah, I think it's it's really, really good for sure. I think what it does that's really smart, and, and Eric kind of got to this too, is that it takes a character, it's essentially a character study on how he deals with the situation and kind of revealing his way of going through the world and how that does or doesn't work. But by doing that, it's revealing kind of the the fakeness and duplicity and the intentions, the false intentions of kind of the society writ large around him, which I think is what's really smart about it, as opposed to being a big, broad indictment of these other things. It takes him and his path through it to not only kind of indict, somewhat indict his character or examine it at least, and also indict kind of the way he's getting treated. Uh, I think a great way to describe him, I'm I was trying to think of ways to get around what he is like. You always know those people that kind of have an angle. People that always have an angle on something. They all got an, an idea. But I, I thought this this guy actually, I thought of it like this. Like this guy was put in a room with a table with a, a precious fish in a bowl. And he'd say, just take care of this fish. Just make sure it stays on the table. Nothing happens to it. And while he's there, he he's, I don't know, kicking a ball around or something. And he breaks one of the legs and barely catches it. The, the fish is okay. And now he's like, fuck, I've got a broken leg on this. It's like this one leg shorter. So he keeps cutting off the leg, you know, table legs. And it keeps getting shorter. But now it's still a, a lopsided. And he keeps doing that the whole time. And he's getting worse and worse. And then at the end, he's going to, I'm going to balance it on these blocks and put a put a, a tablecloth. No one will notice. And he's just, that's kind of his whole way. Every time he tries to fix something that he's kind of made worse, he makes it even worse. It's kind of this slow, slow motion train wreck. And as a viewer, like you say, it's kind of tense in a weird way. Like it's not tense in that common way. It's a tense in a way of like, no, no, don't do that. Oh, you're all going to go there and pretend to do what? Oh, no. Oh, what are you guys doing? Wait, wait. It's really good. It will be probably a little subdued for some people. I don't think it maybe quite packs as emotional a punch as I thought it might. But it's a, this is a damn good movie. I think Eric was talking about he Eric is a huge fan of courtroom dramas and he was talking about the courtroom mm. aspect of this the, fact, the the trial by jury aspect behind a hero and I think what's really cool about that this even though it doesn't pack that emotional punch there's going to be people viewers like Eric Holmes and and they're watching it with their fellow cinephiles and they're going to be arguing about Oh, Raheem should have done this. No, Raheem, oh, just compromise. You know, you see those people, they're trying to strike some kind of deal. Okay, maybe it's a little bit of a lie, but you get you There's so many different half-truths and lies, and what is yep. the truth? It really, it'll really speak to a lot of viewers because people will argue over. This is a moral tale, and it's something that people can engage in and argue over. What, what and I it's really smart like... because, oh, go ahead. I was like, within I, 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 it, it makes, it makes you change alliances too. Yeah. Like for a while, you'll be like, "Oh, they're being overly cruel to him," or he's not really the bad guy here. the The debting, the debt owner guy is the bad guy. But then, as things change a little bit, you're like, "Wait, maybe it's the other way around." And I think that is to its benefit too, is that it forces you to play around with what you're going with as well. I, I also like how this uh, removes any appeal to emotion. Well, not all of it, but most of it, because <clears throat> while he wouldn't be in there if he wasn't, you know, he was destitute and he was put in a situation that, you know, he had to do what he had to do and and that happened. But there are other people, other characters in his exact same situation, worse situations, and they don't do that. They have opportunities to do that and they, they choose not to. And so it becomes, it, it doesn't lean on the, oh, I'm in a bad position, therefore I can get away with this. It's like, well, you know, for better or worse, may, maybe you are in a position that you don't deserve to be in. And these are the cards you're dealt, but this is the way you played them. And someone else was dealt a similar deck of cards and they played them in a different way. 
for better or worse, you know, this is morality tell. Your morals are different than mine, so you know, it's not you know, it's as subjective and anything else. I think, but uh, I I liked how this movie didn't. I it, it it danced more with the with the morality as opposed to saying, isn't this situation bad for this person? So they can do the bad things, and we can feel bad for them. And maybe you can, but it doesn't. Um, it doesn't allow that to be the driving factor when uh judging the characters i guess there 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 are times in this movie when there are supposed antagonists and they do things to our protagonists and you're thinking oh what a mean thing you just said what a mean thing wait a second i kind of understand why you did that and you're thinking holy holy crap that's a bad that's supposedly a bad person but that whatever that bad person said at that moment to raheem actually played out several scenes later so it's one of right bruce it's just one of these things where you're wondering like like eric like where do your allegiances lie at all yeah that's that kind of goes to eric's point i think is that it starts out and it kind of i think the viewer is kind of set into that emotional spot like oh people are just being shitty to him and the, the, the film like intentionally and purposely kind of dismantles that so that all of a sudden you have to become more reasonable and you have to see the the full truth of the situation and who is lying and what's being lied about and how half truths and, and omissions are actually causing things to happen. So I think that that right gets right to what Eric is saying. It kind of puts you, it starts you in one place and lets you kind of feel that way until, Oh wait, I was kind of looking at that wrong. Probably. So. Yeah, I, I also <laughs> think that the, the, the whole debtor's prison works really well for this. If he was in a prison mm-hmm. where he would go in there every day and get beat on and, you know, and stuck in solitary, it, it's not that kind of prison. It's you basically, you go in a room, you know, almost like a bedroom sleep. Basically, you you can do everything you want all day. You have to sleep at this particular building at night. That's, as far as I can tell, that's the only difference than being out and about. So, like, it, it's not like he's being tortured and beaten on every day. And, it, you know, if that was the case, then, yeah, you know, scrape and pull and punch however he can. But, like, he wasn't even that. Like, he was in a pretty good spot. He just had to stay there till he paid off his debt and then things go. It, it, like, for him to get out of his so low stakes uh, from the way they presented it, that it's like, why are you fucking someone over? Just do the thing. Right. <laughs> You're fucked up. Well, do the also, thing it, it and then makes... be done with it. It makes his crime less charged, too. If he was in there yeah. for murder, I mean, you're starting at, yeah. you know, a 10 as opposed to... So it, it, it lets it, it slowly heat up the stakes in this movie. Yeah. Okay, so that is a hero. We can talk about a hero, and I'll, I wish we actually did a spoiler section on a hero. Right. That's, a, that's something that we could talk about ad nauseum, maybe an hour or two on a hero. Again, it hits Amazon Prime Video January 21st. For me, I give this movie four stars. Eric Holmes, start up. What you got? If I'm ignoring that first 10, 15 minutes, this would be a five star. But since that first 10, 15 minutes is there, we're going four and a half. But this is really good. Four and a half for Eric Holmes. Bruce Burke. With room to grow. With room to go. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe in and a couple I'm going, of uh, I'm going four stars with room to grow as well. I, I, I th- the more I think about this, uh, I, it, it's really good. So this might go higher than four. But for right now, it's four. Yeah. Wow. Very all, all around the board. High marks. The highest mark goes to... Eric Holmes, I am nervous because our second and last feature featured film this week is a movie I am begging, I am pleading with people to track down. This is a movie called Lunana, A Yak in the Classroom. What is that yak noise you were making, Eric Holmes? How does that go? Okay. Now that 
That is something. <laughs> that is that is a noise that Eric Holmes made when he actually got to see Red Notice for the first time on Netflix, and when Bruce Perky saw Sweet Girl as well uh, on Netflix. By the way, we love Netflix, and I love both those films. So I did not <laughs> review Red Notice. Oh, I did, did, however, talk about Orphan <laughs> Surfacing by uh, Nathan Day, which you can uh, order on Amazon, and I recommend you check that out as very, well. Very good. Like, I love how things, the, that running thread. But anyways, Lulana, a yak in the classroom. I mistakenly thought this was a documentary, and I sent it to Eric Holmes and Bruce Berkey saying, oh, hey, we've got a documentary to, to watch this week. It's not a documentary. But it's not a documentary. Bruce Berkey, who's always the first person to actually see these movies, says, by the way, this is not a documentary. This is cool. Yeah, I said that about 20 minutes in. <laughs> 20 minutes in. Yeah, this is not a documentary, Greg. This is a little bit false advertising from you. But here's the thing from the press release. I'm just going to say it because they say it the best on In Letterhead. Quote, a gorgeously shot, heartwarming discovery film is shortlisted for the International Feature Film Academy Award. This is the first Bhutanese film to submit for Oscar in 23 years. Again, Bhutanese, it's set in Bhutan in the remote area called Lunana. There is a young teacher who is pretty much exiled to actually go in this remote area because this this teacher, he he has bigger dreams. He wants to leave Bhutan. He wants to go across the ocean, across the sea to, to go to Australia and follow his dreams as a singer. Well, that's not going to happen. He has one more year left in his mandatory teaching experience. I think there's a mandatory thing that you have to teach five years. In his fifth year, he is again exiled off to this place, remote place called Lunana. L- Lunana, it is probably the most remote place within the whole area. It takes six or seven days to get there. In fact, a healthy chunk of the narrative shows how he, he along with two guides or two residents of Lunana, help him trek through this whole terrain to get to the village. Ultimately, he goes there just I'm not kicking and screaming. He just does not want to be there. It's a third world village. There's not, there's no, um, really, there's no uh, sewer system and there's no to- toilet. He has to, he has to go, he has to take a crap outside. It's basically, he lives out in the boonies in the country in Lunana. And it's about how he ultimately, who knows? It's a predictable film. Well, he at first doesn't like it, but what do you think is going to happen next? He might gradually grow to love the people in this village and what this culture is all about. I can, I'll be honest, I can watch this. I want to watch. I don't even want to talk to Eric or Bruce right now. They don't, more importantly, they don't want to talk to me, but I, I want to just watch this movie again. I love this movie so much, and I'm just wondering if it had the same or a similar type of resonance for Bruce and Eric. Bruce... Bruce, let's start with you regarding this film. Yes, I like it quite a bit. First thing uh, about this, though, like you said, it, it's not an original. Like the story where the, I don't know, city dweller goes off and meets the simple country folk and, and learns how to be more spiritual and, and appreciate the small things in life, blah, blah, blah. You can kind of write the story. So really the point of a movie like this is if that's if that's kind of a given and you, you acknowledge that that's not an extremely original plot – then the question is, do you like the characters and is the setting and is the ambiance and is the entire, you know, presentation going to suck you into this world? And I would say yes. And for me, we talked about the deliberate pace, right? This is about a two hour movie. I, I, I felt it, but I didn't mind it. Like I was enjoying the two hour movie. The perfect example would be, I think it takes almost 30 minutes for him to get to the village. Yeah, I'm okay with that. He's taking a journey and on the journey, 
things are happening all the way along that I was enjoying and I could see what it was setting up and I was totally okay with it. And by the time we got to the village and a couple of things, first of all, um, the main dude is kind of an asshole, right? He's kind of a loser. He's kind of like a, I don't want to be here. He's kind of just like, he's, he's kind of shitting on their ways. It's like, I am, you know, I'm a city guy. I know better. And he's entitled you have to kind of, yeah, you have to kind of, you have to also warm up to him or believe that he is going to be likable enough by the end that you want to stick with him too. But even more so, I love the way that they kind of deal with him. So, and I'll just give a small example. Like he gets there basically. And he's like, okay, I don't want to be here. And they're like, okay, we'll take you back down a couple days and day from now, we'll take you back down. And they just kind of, it just kind of doesn't happen. <laughs> you know, and that's the way things had to happen in this movie. He'll say things. They'll be like, all right, sure. And then they just kind of, it's like, they just believe that uh, it's going to work out and it kind of does. And then of course, then he meets the kids and he meets what I think we all would agree is one of the cutest kids you've ever seen in your life, especially on film. And that's Pem Zam. Oh my goodness. And, uh, <laughs> and then he meets the yak, which is what is it? The yak's name Norbo or something, or <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah. Norbu or Norbo. Yeah. Yeah. And, and all of this happens in a really organic way. And it's one of those movies where if you like it, you're going to love it because you're just going to be in this world for the two hours. If I had any gripe and I'm not going to spoil the ending. If I had any gripe, there was like one other scene I wanted to see and I don't, it's not there, but it is in my mind. So I'm just going to say that. That is a very <laughs> I'm good. Glad, I'm, That's I'm good glad gripe. they didn't do that scene. I understand why they didn't do that scene. and I respect it, but in my mind that scene exists. So I don't care. You can, and also you can take that scene however you want. Me being an existential, horrible human being, I was thinking the ending of Walkabout. I'm thinking the ending of Walkabout. You, you just Bruce see his feet a, dangling. Yeah, Bruce has a, a, a nicer uh, outlook regarding the ending of Lunana. So that, that's, I'm very glad that you enjoyed just it. Just a gunshot off screen. <laughs> Fade to black. Yeah, Eric Holmes, Lulan, Lunana, a yak in the classroom. Did you learn anything about this movie? By the way, I did learn that when you're picking cow dung, Eric, make sure the the, the yak the yak dung. Make sure listeners, we all learned this. Make sure if you're out in the fields in Bhutan and Lunana, pick up the dried yak dung to actually start your fires. Correct. I don't That's have the, a, I don't have a yak, but I do have dogs, so I already knew that. <laughs> Okay. I already knew that trick. Very, very excellent trick, Eric Holmes. Other than that lesson, what are the things? Hopefully, you liked other things about this movie. Yeah, like Bruce said, this uh, the story is the story you've seen a million times. This is like Mighty Ducks, uh, Bad News Bears, except the you know the the school isn't uh, the kids aren't ragtags. They're they want to learn. They want a teacher. Um, I think where this movie kind of diverges from movies like that is that it, this movie really uh celebrates and focuses on the importance of teachers uh, like yes. the the teacher there is a rock star he's like in this oh, i'm in this nothing thing and then that they're treating him like royalty and he's just uh okay what i i don't get it <laughs> like i i feel kind of bad about it a little bit uh, a little bit confused Good i'm point, putting yeah. the cart before the horse a little bit but uh pim zam is a early favorite for uh, the Virginia Newcomb Award for next year. <laughs> I fucking love Pim Zam. I she needs to be in everything, and I I don't think this movie is as good without her. And she's just I, like I I don't I don't need. I think this is her only credit. I don't know if she's an actor, but she killed this role, and she's just 
Like, any time she wasn't on screen, I'm like, where's Pem Zam? I want to see Pem Zam. <laughs> I, want to, I want her to come out and do something adorable and, you know, thought-provoking and just, like, just, like she's she's clearly the heart of this movie. I love her in this. And uh, this, this is just kind of like a cute movie, kind of similar to, uh, oh, what was that called? Skater Girl? Skate The Skate yeah. Girl? Yes, I, very it kinda, good. It kind of has that sort of flavor to it, where it's like it's it's a story you've seen a million times, but you know the the characters are charming. Uh, it's got Pim Zam in it, and so for that reason, <laughs> for those reasons alone, you want, you know you kind of you kind of forgive the simplicity of the story. But also, I think a movie like this, the uh, heart's in the right place, especially with the the idea where it it, it celebrates, um, you know, it, it celebrates teachers because they're important uh, when they when they do their job. <laughs> Yes, teachers, as um, this movie says, they touch the future. Teachers yeah. touch the future, and yeah, the, yeah the, this is uh, this is not like a light the world on fire movie, but I mean, you know, it was it was fun, it was adorable, and this movie gave us Pam Zam, so let's hope we see more of her. Do you agree with with Bruce's optimistic take on the ending? He said he's he wants an extra scene. Did, did you want an extra scene of the movie, or do you think it ended the way it should have ended? Or were you fine with that? Kind of, I, I, I was kind of fine. Where, where it was like the ending didn't like stick with me this is kind of like uh thinking like i've seen days and confuse like a hundred times i couldn't tell you how that movie ends because i'm yep. i'm more I, I remember the little bits and the character moments and the little things that happened throughout it and that this this isn't that kind of movie anyway you know right. this is this is like the uh the this is the journey not the destination sort of type of movie in fact you can say the ending right now i don't think it'll spoil anything because once people get if if someone's into this movie the i i, I can't imagine the ending is going to be the thing they take away from this it's going to be Pem Zam. They're going to get posters, giant ones. For the- yes. Lunana, a yak in the classroom. Really love this movie. And also, here's the thing. We're talking about Bell and its visuals. This is a movie that shows Lunana in its full glory. It is yeah. gorgeous to look at. Global warming aside, of course. But did you guys like the, I guess, sort of the nature shots of the whole movie as well? Is that an added bonus? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yes. It's kind of a, a no-brainer on that one for sure. Yeah, I would like to just actually say, I mean, as much as I love Pem Zam, I want to say that I don't want to discount how great a lot of the other characters are in this as well, because I think that kind of to Eric's point about how the ending doesn't really matter. I agree with him on that and that these are those the kind of movies that he's describing are the kind of movies where you almost feel like that world just exists forever. Like it's Mm -hmm. it's a real world. It's there and it just exists. And this is kind of one of those sort of movies. And I love the there's the woman he kind of uh, learned songs from and stuff. There's some great scenes with her. There's the guy who led him up the hill or up the hill, up the giant (laughs) mountain. Um, The guy who leads him up there, the younger guy. And he's great when he meets the guy's wife. She's great. So yeah. there's a lot of, of really There's the elder, uh, the elder, the town elder. The elder guy, yeah. There's a lot of engaging characters here. It's just that Pem Zam is like uh, yes. a superstar amid amid great characters. <laughs> yeah, so. good point. Okay, so Lunana. Can, uh, yeah, yes, Eric. Can I make one last plea? Any uh, directors, writers, producers possibly listening to this, uh, watch uh, Lunana, A Yak in the Classroom, and I'm sure you'll be just as taken with Pem Zam as I am. And please put her in any movie you can. Anytime you need a cute little girl or, you know, someone to uh, really brighten up the screen, really, uh, really turn things on. And do not 
abuse her sexually or emotionally. She's a oh, she, she's a wonderful little girl, and I want her to be in everything. But I know how you can be Hollywood. You like to touch kids. Do not touch Pemzam. Do not defile Pemzam. She is a wonderful person, and put her in everything safely. Let's put her in everything safely. That that for some for some reason, Lunana Ayak in the classroom went through it for a dark turn regarding Eric Holmes. <laughs> yeah, Actually, it that's, did. <laughs> anyways, yeah. But I, I do agree with Eric Holmes' sentiment. Hopefully, her career, she has a long and prosperous acting career. Even if she's a non-actor, she is definitely a natural, hopefully. Who knows? Maybe one... And they were speaking English. Who knows? Maybe one day she'll go Hollywood. But if, if there are more Bhutanese films like this, like Lunana, more power to her. I would love to see more of her in the future. So Lunana, a yak in the classroom, Eric Holmes, how many stars do you give it? Oh, this might... We'll go four stars on this one. Eh, yeah, we'll go four stars on it. Because this, I guess, would normally be a three and a half. But I mean, Good, I, I've said it a billion times. Pemzam elevates yeah. this for me. Yeah. Yes. And Bruce, what do you think? Uh, four and a half. Four and a half. And so four stars from Eric. Four and a half from Bruce. And five stars from me. I'm giving this one a five star. Oh, nice. Five star banger for me for Lunana a yak in the classroom. Can't wait to to have my my mom see it, and I can't wait till you get to meet this actress so you can give her that long monologue that you just gave us about the evil oh, no, perils no. of Hollywood. Eric Holmes, my goodness, Hollywood Babylon. I would, I would never tell her such a thing because she's just a little girl. She doesn't need to see the horrors of the world right now. She needs to be a kid and have fun. Yes, exactly, hundred percent. Correct, and uh, yeah, we love Lunana a yak in the classroom. If me. Or Eric Holmes or Bruce Perky meant mean anything to you, listeners? Please see this movie. Track it down. It opens January twenty first here in L A at the Lamley Royal. But the most important part is you just re- try to remember this movie when it hits your town, your city, and maybe if you can check it out in the theaters. Check it out when it hits streaming because we at Find Your Film we will be on this and we will keep on covering the movie when it comes out on streaming services. Now. Bruce Perky, do we go to our best of 20, 2021 categories right now, or do we go to our recommendations? What do you say? I think we go to best of 21. I think people are ready for it. All right, the best of 21. We should have had a Pita Beta breakbeat. Who knows? Maybe I'll just put the Pita Beta okay. box, the Pita Beta break, breakbeat right here again. Should what we is Pita Beta? Yeah, let's do it. Just do it for the hell of it. Yes. Hey, yo, Pete, drop that beat. Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? You lie! No! What's in the fucking box? All right, that is Peter Bader from Middle Class Film Class. He's going to show up later with another beat. Same Pete. We love Pete. Anyways, Bruce, what you got? Well, which category are we doing? Are we going to start out with uh, the, the way it's on the list, or how do you want to start it? You tell me. You, you're, I'm going to let you anchor this segment. Okay. Bruce, Bruce had this thing about the top uh, 2021 categories instead of best film or best actor, best documentary. He wanted to make these categories fun so we can have a different spin right. on cinema. Yeah, go ahead. Bruce. So we will start. I'm just going to work. We're going to work our way through some of these categories, uh, kind of round robin style. We'll, we'll do the category and what each of us um, came up with. And then towards the end, we might pull up a few of the comments from you out there and what you thought about these. Uh, But the first one is our favorite non-human character. And I guess I will start and then we'll go to Greg. Okay. Um, So I considered several and, um, you know, uh, Annette kind of came to mind. But I'm like, no, Annette's a human. Annette's a, a, 
a, a little misunderstood little girl. So I couldn't do Annette. And then um, I finally came down with a character from PG Cycle Gorman because, you know, it's full of them. And I had to do Tube Man just because Tube Man, I think, uh, was a non-human character that did the most with the least amount of screen time. And uh, I loved him. He's a puppet, I think. But whatever he is, I love Tube Man from PG Psycho Gorman. Tube Man from PG Psycho Gorman. Very, very good. Okay, my turn. Favorite non-human character of the year. I am going to be very, very boring. I was going to try to be smart and salacious. And I wanted to say the automobile in Titan. I was going to say that. But no, I'm actually going to say boring since it's one of my favorite films of the year. The Truffle Pig in Pig. So <laughs> yeah, my favorite. I thought about that too. It's favorite. It's my favorite. It's a almost when you come to think of it, it, it almost feels like a relative cameo. But the pig shines in his or her relative cameo in Pig. Eric Holmes, what is your favorite non-human character of the year? Well, one of my favorite, uh, I don't know if it's my favorite, but it stood out to me. Um, all four hours in Zack Snyder's Justice League, uh, it was front and center the entire movie. There we go. Here I'm we joking. Go. That's not it. <laughs> That's not it. <laughs> um, I, I, got, I got two of them here because uh, I did, like I said, it was a good year. Um, yeah, I got the uh, Seder monster, the monster from Seder. Uh, yes. There was a couple of them, actually. And the other one was the uh, fly from Mandibles. Oh, good call. <laughs> Excellent call. I Eric almost, Holmes. I didn't, totally Some forgot about him. I'm just, or it, or and, her. And that, her. In that right. one, when I said it, I'm crossing my fingers, I go, I thought that was 2021. Oh, Yo, you were. Like, yes, you got it. Very, very good. Great movie. Absolutely underrated. Over, overlooked. I mean, people, go see Mandibles. It's a very, very funny movie. It's one of these movies. I'm sure we should have put, we should have put that on our top 10 list of the year as far as ignored movies. Mandibles. <laughs> yes. Those flies are amazing. That's actually a great, great pick up eric holmes doing his homework unlike me bruce what's the next category i like this is actually my favorite category of yours <laughs> the next category is the most what the fuck moment with trying to not spoil too much if we can do that possibly uh the most what the fuck moment <laughs> of the year once again i considered titan i considered annette and then i actually came down on a movie that we didn't really like that much i didn't really like that much but this scene was so memorable and such a what the fuck moment. And I'm going to spoil it because it doesn't spoil anything because this movie is, I don't think, spoilable. But for me, it has to be the moment in CryptoZoo when a couple naked hippies get murdered by a unicorn and then the uni- <laughs> unicorn gets <laughs> murdered. Yeah. Because yeah. that scene, I, I just... You could have like, just said CryptoZoo. <laughs> yeah, I could have. <laughs> I could have said CryptoZoo in general. But that moment was the moment where I was like, oh. I think I might have literally said, what the fuck is going on here? Actually, if teachers touch the future, Greg Srizavosti can touch the future as well because CryptoZoo will be in theaters in 10 years. He will be, it'll be a, a remake. Actually, Greg Srizavosti, like the hero in A Hero, will be in a CryptoZoo because he it will be thousands and thousands of dollars in debt on crypt, on his losses in crypto. CryptoZoo would be the rise and immediate fall of Greg Srizavosti with cryptocurrency. But good point on CryptoZoo. My most what the f moment, and this is not too original, but Titan. I, I'm not going to even talk about some of the events. I'm just saying the whole movie. The whole movie is a big what the f moment from the get go. You don't know where it's going. That's why the movie is so amazing. How it turns from one absolutely gross and sick experience to 
immersive to ultimately resonant and just completely out there. It's a movie that as much as I loved it, I think I'll appreciate it even more upon a second viewing. We all know about the car and the girl and all that stuff, but there are so many really intense moments that just absolutely surprised me. But I guess if we're going to be specific, we're going to say Teton and the car scene, Eric Holmes, most WTF moment. What is it? Okay, so when I got to the end of Zack Snyder's Justice League and I finished it, I was like, what the fuck? This is a what the fuck? Mo-? No, that's not it. I'm sorry. And, uh, maybe I'll just end that little bit right now. Um, well, uh, one of the, uh, I, I guess, what the fuck, the entire movie would be the Wolf House. Um, yeah. Not just because the movie's weird, but it's the way it was put together is just amazing. It, it's not even so much the moments that are like, oh, that's a fucked up moment. It's like, Holy shit, humans made this thing. This is amazing. And the other what the fuck moment is another kind of real life thing. It was the documentary Sab- Sabaya. It was when they're in the uh, the SUV and they look in the rear view and they're like, they're following us. They're shooting at us. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. oh my God, I think I'm watching a snuff film. <laughs> Doesn't they die. start shooting back? Yeah. Yeah, I, they I, just start I, shooting. I, and they're so nonchalant about it. Yeah, and, and it's just one of those things like you, like you're watching a documentary. You think it's safe because they're not gonna, you know, uh, they're not gonna, you know, show certain things. But it, it, that was the moment where I'm like, oh, shit's getting bad, and I have no clue what's about to happen right now. And that that just like the stakes were already high as it was, but when it got to that point, it was like the stakes were like through the roof. And so that's my what the fuck moment. Most good WTF one. moment. Now we are up with strange trends. I'm not good at this. I'm trying to connect the threads. I'm not good at connecting threads. I'm going to try to figure that out. Bruce, what is the strange trends of 2021? I, I think I already mentioned mine, um, So, I, but I'm sticking with it because it's the thing that first came to my mind. And that is um, something about 2021 movies, uh, or at least the releases. So maybe it was happening in 2020 and 2019, but... Something was causing there to be all of these strange babies or strange births in movies this year. I don't know why. I mean, right off the top of my head, you have Lamb, you have Titan, and you have Annette. I don't know what was going on, but that was definitely something that was happening this year. I think for me, yeah, very good. For me, I'm I'm just thinking about right now, as much I did like Sweet Girl, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed Red Notice. I am a minority on both of these movies. And I'm not going to say the Netflixication of studio films, but it just seems to me it's interesting that we're heading towards a trend where we have... A movie that's a hundred to one hundred fifty million dollars that we don't have to see in theaters anymore if we don't want to. So I think this is a, a bigger, an even bigger trend in two thousand twenty one because again, like Red Notice, you have three huge. We had Ryan Reynolds, Gal Gadot, and who's who's the other guy? Dwayne Johnson, right? You have the, mm-hmm. the three, like some of the three biggest stars, and they're starring in a movie that's opening on Netflix, of course, in select theaters as well. But I see that strange trend. It skyrocketed last year. I mean, and then now it's going to continue to go up to the moon, just kind of like how Don't Look Up is just, it'll explode like Don't Look Up. So that's my strange trend for 2021. Eric Holmes, what's yours for last year? So the one, uh, the movie's about rowing. I think uh, Bruce mentioned yep. that when we were saying yeah. the thing. Uh, it was the 
Michael Shannon movie, the We Are the Champions, my friend, or whatever that's called. <laughs> the, heart the heart of one. Champions. Heart of Champions. Yeah, Heart of Champions. And Don't then, disrespect but, that movie. That's an that's an amazing film. I and then, we all but, praised it. We all praised Heart of Champions, but, remember? But what was the other rowing movie? <laughs> the, Fart the, of Champions. The better rowing movie. <laughs> the anyway, the, there were two, which yeah. doesn't seem like a lot, but I mean, you need <laughs> yeah, two exactly. movies about rowing. Uh, the other one I had was uh, you had this in Beta Tests and you had this in Teton. There was a lot of face-sitting in movies. Uh, Beta Tests, there was a face-sitting. Teton, there was the air quote face-sitting with the chair. Yeah, um, it's very good. All the thousands of movies that come out on Pornhub throughout the year. Uh, and th- there just seems to be a I've lot of face-sitting. It. In, uh, never- it, it, it's a streaming yeah. service. <laughs> it's it's kind of like Netflix. It's- Strange, oh, um, yeah, strange, strange. Yeah, but, but uh, yeah, so movies about rowing and movies featuring face sitting. And that rowing movie, the aforementioned rowing movie, is called The Novice. Love, love that. There movie. you go. Was, there you that go. That was a top 10 for me last year. Okay, now this is this is sort of a divisive category in a fun way. We're going to actually, what were we high on for liking and what were we right on for liking, Bruce? Am I getting that category correct? Let's start with Right? Okay, so yes, Bruce, what was right. Eric Holmes, what was Bruce very high for not liking? What did, oh, what I didn't I didn't do for one like for not. I I didn't do a specific one for each of you, but uh, you both are guilty of this. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. What are we That's guilty of? Uh, I did it too. Were, yeah. What, um, what, were, what the f were we thinking by not I'm liking? I'm going to guess Bergman Island. Bergman Island's what I'm guessing. You thought correctly, Bergman Island. I, I like it, <laughs> it. I I didn't I didn't get it and I'm, and you know, maybe Maybe it'll change if I watch it again. If that comes up later, but uh, Don't yeah, watch it, again. It, it, it was it was fine. But it was like you guys were so high on this, and I was like, "You're just like I okay." I, I'm pretty sure I saw the right movie, but maybe not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, mine, mine would for sure be Bergman Island. I didn't. I, I just. I, I didn't get the uh, what you're right on. Um, but <laughs> you know what? Uh, I, I guess Wolf House for Bruce and uh, for uh, Greg. Um, the uh, what, what was the uh, what happened to Monday? Yeah, whatever happened good, to Monday. Good call good. on whatever happened to Monday. So very, we'll go with that. Very very good. Uh, I guess Bruce for you. I, my my uh, thing is uh, you were right on regarding Vicious Fun most recently. Even though I think I, that was a from last maybe was that yeah Vicious Fun. Yeah, it was were, last year. Mm-hmm. You're definitely right on regarding what you were high on. For, for not liking or for liking for not liking but uh, I'm surprised you didn't love as much as Eric and I did love and you know what I'm going to say with this Mass I was so oh, yes. surprised oh, about I... your lack of love for Mass so, I'm definitely in the like 1% <laughs> minority that's on that a good one, one. <laughs> I'm in like the 1% that didn't like that movie if not less <laughs> so no 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 I think there are more people in fact that's I actually disagree with you I think there's going to be more people who don't like mass because of the the construct of the movie okay so how about me so what was i high for liking i guess what were you guys gonna say sweet girl or or maybe probably 100 movies that i've all liked throughout the whole year i, I did i did mine just like eric did i did the same one for both of you so what do you think it is oh the one that we both like uh mass sweet girl <laughs> mass oh Prisoners of the Ghost Land. <laughs> There's, I don't see how you could, either oh, that's of you a brilliant, that's could a brilliant possibly film, like yeah. that movie. <laughs> uh, see, this, Greg, this is why Bruce is high. 
<laughs> he's so high that he messed up his own list. <laughs> yeah. You know you know what? Prisoners of the Ghostland, it's like one of those beautiful things. It's like Icarus. You just got to fly close to the sun to really enjoy the the shining brilliance yeah. of Prisoners of the And in fact, as much as I love that movie, Bruce, and I and I know why you picked it. <laughs> As much as I praise that movie, Eric even went a step further. You just like this is like a five. I think it's no, a five star banger. Like, you gotta be. You gotta. <laughs> I literally think you're high, and I'm thinking like maybe I should have been high. I guess that was it. I should have been high. That was my problem. Eric, you know what's a runner up for you and I were both high, and Bruce had no idea what was going on. He was surprised. You know what's the runner up for that? What's Eric, that? That would be Werewolves Within. You and I absolutely oh, yeah. Yeah. and crazy yeah. for that, and then and then uh, and, and, at least like I, I think Prisoners of Ghostland was. A good call though because the, there are people that don't like that werewolves within was like one of those no no, no you got I, that I, wrong I, there there are people who like it <laughs> no but what, what i'm saying was uh werewolves within that 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 was a that was a pretty big hit i think i, I think yeah I, yeah I think a lot of people like that one so the, yeah. the werewolves within would be a more like i guess I, I guess i'm the outlier on this one with prisoners of ghostland there's like you know that's the uh well, and I can see like I, I, I think, I think just as many people agree with Bruce as agree with us. Yeah, because that would be the thing. Because for me, Werewolves Within is more like that's a taste thing, but I can see that it's a well done movie. Whereas to me, Prisoners of the Ghostland isn't a well. It's not anything good about it at yeah, all. It's, really, it's so. amazing. Obviously. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, as far as what you both were right on, and then I'll move, we'll move along. But what you both were right on, or, or what for Greg, I would say um, the Killing of Two Lovers because that one kind of came out of nowhere, and I was just yeah. like, wow. That's really good. And then for Eric, I would say Lose the Flower of Evil for sure. Because I had seen it. And for whatever reason, I was in the wrong state of mind. We talked about this a lot. I was in the wrong state of mind or whatever. I did not like it, but it didn't kind of hit me. And then he and whenever Eric really goes that hard on something, usually it's like, okay, I missed something. And I went and saw it when we watched it again. And And I was like, can't wait for you to catch up on Don't Look Up. (laughs) Fucking amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Again, Lose the Flower of Evil is one of the best-looking films I've seen in the last several years. It was great to have Juan Diego Escobar Alzate on our show. He's a friend of the program. I mean, if you want to see the artwork, check out our logo. But most importantly, check out Lose the Flower of Evil. Beautiful, beautiful movie. This was, again, great call by Eric Holmes. Now, as far as I wanted to actually ask, my, my category was... What's the one movie that we've covered in the last year and a half that still stays with you? It doesn't have to be the most perfect movie or, or it just still is creeping in your brain. I'm going to start it off with saying the the one movie that continues – I was going to say after this, Lunana, A Yak in the Classroom is a movie that will still stay with me. But for some weird reason, because I'm a weird human being, I can't get over Castle Keep. I love every single thing about that movie. That movie in my brain gets better and better as – the months progress. The fact that there's a character in the movie played by, I, for, I forgot his name, the guy from The Walking Dead. He has a relationship with a Volkswagen. There's Paul, Peter Falk. He's, yep. In the middle of the movie, he opens up a bakery with a woman he falls in love with. There are prostitutes in a local town who help in this resistance effort. There is artwork. There is artwork in a castle that must be protected at all costs. It's kind of like a monument, monuments men kind of plot line. And then there's Burt Lancaster with an eye patch. There is too many things going on in Castle Keep that. And and by the way, it's directed by Sidney Pollock. 
of all people. So really, really love Castle Keep. That's a movie that I can't. I, I'm going to check if it's available on Blu-ray. It was streaming when we reviewed it on Amazon Prime Video. This is a, a high recommendation for me. This I really love this movie. I remember Bruce and Eric. You were a little bit mixed on. You you both recommend recommended, but mild recommend on on both for both of you. Do you guys remember? Yeah, like, I think Castle that was about Keep. right. Yeah. Like yeah, that. Castle Key. Yeah, you like that. Cool. So that's how about you, um, Bruce? Your turn. What's a movie that's you been know, in? I, I tried to get tricky or anything, and I tried to go way back, and I just finally came down on it. Um, once again, not very original, but uh, Teton really was one of the ones that did it for me. Teton, from the moment I saw it, I I think about it a lot, and I think it keeps getting deeper. And I think there's more stuff to uncover there, and I'm sure I'll probably watch it again and again. And I feel like it's one that will probably be a classic to me as time goes on. It, it's it's a really interesting, weird, and I think it's just a really daring and interesting movie. I think it's really cool. And, and also, for, just for on a more human level, it's surprisingly resonant. That movie was that movie really really gets you in the yeah. where it counts. What what's a movie that got you where it counts last year and a half that you're still. So this one I actually took off my list, uh, my top, my top movies list, um, because it, it was going to be represented here, and I think I know it doesn't you're... need to be on the top list, but uh, okay. it was zeros and ones. Oh, <laughs> this is, uh, I thought you know I thought you were going to say my heart can't beat unless you tell it to. I thought you were going to say I thought that was going to be your pick. No, I say five. I took it off my top list. Oh, you to, took it off, so I could put it here. Okay, but. Uh, uh, zeros and ones is like one of those like I mentioned it's shot through a dirty condom it's 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 not a good movie it's not a movie I recommend people see but it just kind of it just kind of burrowed in me I, I I like the way it looks I like the scene with the uh, Ethan Hawke banging I like the post credit scene and the before credit scene or the be- before movie scene like I it's just do you ever watch a movie where you're like i know i can't recommend this i know in good conscience i cannot recommend bad luck this. bad luck banging or loony porn there you go there you go yeah. this is my bad luck banging or loony porn in in your case and i i i really like it and it just for better or worse it just it just won't fucking leave and i wish it would but it doesn't <laughs> Bruce Perky, weren't you at your local? Uh, was it a Walmart or something? And you were yeah, I saw it at Walmart. And I was like, it's like eighteen bucks. Eighteen dollars. Eric Holmes. Low. I, I would have paid at least thirty for it. <laughs> you would okay. So Eric Holmes, if it's in your local entertainment mart and zeros and one is available for thirty bones, are you buying it for thirty bones? Yes. Okay. Probably. And he says, if you buy it, you don't like it, he'll pay you for that. That's no, what he okay. says. Eric says, everybody out there, if you buy it. And you I'm pretty sure I did not say that. I'm almost <laughs> positive I did not say that. Zeros and ones, now available on Blu-ray. Now available on Blu-ray. We know. We all know that Eric Holmes will be purchasing zeros and ones very, very soon. Now, Bruce Perky, I'm going to throw it to you. What's the next category you want us to cover? I think... We've got to do the Virginia Newcomb Award, but let's actually have Eric introduce that because that's his that's his ongoing award. Let's, we got we got one other one. Um, we do. I can do that. We, let, let, let's do that. Let's save okay. the Virginia Newcomb Award. Okay. Sounds for good. Next I'll week do because I'll do the um. Uh, we got to save most... it for last to make it a big thing. So next year when Pimp Zam wins it, it becomes a thing. 
So it becomes right before best of the year. <laughs> so I'll do the last one before Virginia Newcomb, which is the the movie that we think will change most on a rewatch. Um, in my case, I went for it'll change for I think for the better. I know that's good. Yeah, I love something that's outside. That's Sorry, I got you. I heard a like, weird sound out there. Sound, yeah, maybe the sound from "Don't Look Up." Maybe the sound of the maybe the comet anyway. or meteor hitting you. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, guys. See ya. <laughs> um, and for me, uh, this might surprise you. I think if I watch The Green Knight again, I might like it. So, oh, okay. So I think I've sat with Green Knight enough that now I know what it is, and I don't think I have come to it with any expectations other than what it already is, and I think I might enjoy it. Okay. What about you, Eric Holmes, a movie that uh, um, you might a rewatch, a rewatch might change your mind? I wasn't doing this as a movie that I would rewatch, um, but I do have a good one. <laughs> um, That's fine. I think if uh, Bruce watches Dune again, he will like it more, <laughs> but only after the second one comes out. Fair enough. Oh. <laughs> I okay. How about this? If I watch the second one, I will. I will promise to watch the first one again before I go watch the second one. How's that? No, watch the Do, second re- one. Reverse it. And then go back, because you already saw the first one, watch the second one, and then you know how it is. And then kind of like what we're talking about with uh, certain movies, now that you know how it, with Bell, now that we know how it is, now we can go back and kind of piece together certain things. Okay. Or maybe not, but that that was was, uh, mostly a joke answer that didn't land, but you know. I'll take it. (laughs) I'm disappointed in both of you. I thought both of you would say The Power of the Dog. If both of you saw that again, maybe... It might be a movie. Oh, no. That's, that last that's year? not going to get any better. That was not <laughs> was that Was that last year or did that come out? I thought that came out this year. Oh, yeah. No, it came out It came out this year into Netflix. December. It, came out December. But, but oh, okay. It, yeah, then, yeah, was, that that would be mine because I, I think if I watch that again, I'd like it more. I, 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 was, I didn't hate it, but it was like kind of whatever for me. But I, th- I think if I watch that again, I'd dig it more. Yeah, and for me, the movie, this is kind of a, a weird thing because I did like it, but I think I would love it even more if I saw it on the rewatch is the aforementioned bad luck banging or loony porn. <laughs> That's a movie that no, I can't get from head. No. I, I remember I'm the only one out of all of us who really recommend. I call film. foul. I don't think that's an acceptable answer on for him. I think he has to pick something else. <laughs> you go, wait, I, I think the idea is to pick a movie that sucks, which he did. And then you watch it and you like it more, which he might. <laughs> That is a very is this good like point, adding Eric? two negatives and you get a positive. So if he watched it again, he will dislike it. Is as that how much this is going to work? As much as that, you know. In fairness, though, in fairness, total fairness, Dune. I I recommended that movie, but I was very disappointed with that film. And I feel that if I saw it a second time, just rewatched it, I think I would appreciate it much more. To be honest, so that would be Dune and. Anytime I can get bad luck banging or loony porn, I will. So, I mean, oddly enough, for a movie that I dislike, we should, they certainly do bring it up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now, now are we going to our personal top fives or our agreed upon top five? Oh, we got to do the Virginia Newcomb Award. Uh, oh, Virginia yeah. Newcomb, as uh, you guys know, as listeners may or may not know, uh, Virginia Newcomb is a wonderful actor. Uh, we, I believe, we first saw her in. She hasn't been in many feature-length movies. She, we saw her first in Death of Dick Long, and love that she blows. Yeah, she blows away in that, and she was in the Beta Test, and and she's just kind of one of those, uh, kind of one of those wonderful actors that is, you know, 
we saw her and was like, gosh, she just needs to be in everything. So it made sense to have a Virginia Newcomb Award. Award that goes out to a new ish actor. We're you know, we're not you know, we're not uh being real picky with the uh how long the actor's been working or not. But a new ish actor that you really like and you want them to see them in everything. Uh, much like most people when you watch uh a yak in the classroom, you will be like, Yes, Pim Zam needs to be in everything. Or if you watch Death of Dick Long for the first time, you say, yes, Virginia Newcomb needs to be in everything. So this is the Virginia Newcomb Award. I'm going to start off with my nomination. or Actually, my award would go to Virginia, Virginia, or Virginia Efira, the lead actress from Benedetta. I don't know if she's, I haven't seen her in much of stuff. I haven't even seen Elle. I believe she was in Elle previously, Verhoeven's Elle before, but she was great in Benedetta after watching her in that film. I want to see more of her down the line. So that is my Virginia Newcomb Award goes to Virginia, 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 or however you pronounce her name, Efira. To keep the French uh, actress string alive here, I will. I have a tie between Gaia, Gaia Weiss in Meander and Agathe Roussel in Titan, and probably the give it to Agathe. Agathe, I guess I say her name right, because um, damn, she had to do everything in this movie. So I, I think that she's for. I think it was her first role ever. It was absolutely fearless and ferocious and insane. And I really look forward to seeing what else she does. And it's a crime that she's not being nominated for the Best Actress category. Yeah, it's insane. It's it's ridiculous. So, okay, Eric, you're going to round it out? Um, Yes, uh, I have uh, two, again, for this one, but they're in the same movie. So uh, I have Sam Suchman and Maddie Zufelt from Sam and Maddie Make a Zombie Movie. They... (laughs) Yes. They are so damn charming, so hilarious. And that is the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> and so awesome. Sam and Maddie need to be in everything. Very, very good. That's a great, great award. Very good idea, Eric Holmes, on that. Sam and Maddie make make a movie, right? What is that? The full title is that Sam and Maddie make a horror movie? Make a, what Sam was and Mac- a zombie Maddie movie. Make a zombie movie. Sam and Maddie make zombie a zombie movie. movie. Yeah. yeah, we all love that movie. Okay, so now Bruce. Do we do the agreed upon top five now? Yeah, I think we or do the do agreed do... upon, and then we each do our individuals. I think that'd be fun. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Oh, Eric, yes, sir. Are we going to go with the uh, the listeners? Oh, right, right, Do that right. at the very, the very okay. end, or do you want to okay. do it before? Yeah, let's, yeah. yeah let's, let's go back to that then. At the very, very end. Okay, cool. So let's go with our agreed upon. We agreed on these five movies that they should be tops of the year. So, yeah, it, it's one of these things. It, it, it is a top five of compromise, but all of these movies, we highly suggest that you guys check it out. Okay, so coming in, do, do these go in any order or this is just five movies that we love, right? Um, nah, I, yeah. I, think they're, I, I think they're just five good movies that we all like. And, and this also kind of allowed us to, uh, I, I don't know about you guys, but for me, it was like, whatever's on these top five will not be on my list. And that gives me five extra that I don't, <laughs> five extra spaces. But yeah, all, all these, pretty much every movie that we're going to talk about from here on is uh, fantastic. You cool. should probably watch it, except for my list. Maybe someone some will sneak in late. <laughs> okay, again, this is not in any order, but these are five movies that we all agreed upon that should be a top five kind of thing. So let's go with number five, The Killing of Two Lovers. This is a movie that is absolutely ignored. All three of us have loved it. And Bruce, aren't you surprised that it didn't get any, any um, love when it came out? Are you surprised by the lack of reception on this movie? 
Yeah, especially when it came out. I thought it would have got a lot more when it came out. I, I can imagine it getting forgotten by now, but uh, yeah, at the time it should have got a lot more buzz, I thought. Okay, number four is a bit of a tie, is a tie because Eric Holmes loves ties. Number four is mm-hmm. Netflix's The Trip, which we, ad nauseum, we talked about how much we love it. It's on Netflix, so it's a high-priority kind of thing. But if you haven't seen it, Numi Rapaz is in it as well. Go check out The Trip. All, all three of us loved it. But Eric Holmes, are you surprised that there is really not a lot of traction, or maybe I'm wrong on this, on The Gin? What, what can listeners, what can viewers expect actually, from The Gin? I'm actually not surprised. Um, it, it's a really good movie. Um, but it, it just, uh, didn't have the, what am I trying to say? I, I didn't feel a lot of kind of marketing towards it. Kind of like you, you see a movie come out and you can tell that the people marketing it are kind of, ah, I was just throw it out and hopefully people forget it. Not knowing that they had an absolute gem on their hands. And if they would have pushed it and marketed it in a certain, like this could have been one of those movies, like the paranormal activity type of movies that really takes hold. But I don't think the people marketing it knew what movie they had. And they just kind of let it go. And hopefully... It sucks, but it happens. It does suck. Hopefully, as time moves on, rolls along, more people will be able to watch this really supernatural horror. Sort of a really interesting boy in his apartment kind of thing called The Gin. Very interesting movie. Number three is a movie that we all love called The Pita Beta Test, a.k.a. The Beta (laughs) Test. Bruce Perky... Jim Cummings, you've been banging on the Jim Cummings drum for a while. This this movie definitely, why is this in our top five, in your opinion? I think we all know. It's not only is it a great story, a scathing satire, he's literally biting the hands that could make him a giant director, like before he even has the chance. Um, so that right there is audacious as hell. Um, it's funny. It's thrilling. It's it's inventive. And it just crackles with energy and intelligence. It's just a fucking great movie. And he's a champion of independent cinema and independent filmmakers. Constantly. If you have him uh, on your Twitter, he's constantly out there promoting other filmmakers that are making shorts or doing all kinds of things. It's, um, I don't know, it's a win-win-win as far as I'm concerned. Well, my only problem, Eric Holmes, is when is Jim Cummings going to do an MCU film, right? Come on. I don't know, but if he does, I'll be banging <laughs> his drum as well. <laughs> okay, cool. You're, you're okay with uh, Jim Cummings' MCU film. I was just joking with that. But yeah, it, the, thing, the thing is, if he does an MCU movie, he'll, he'll probably take that money and make like 1,400 indie movies out of it. So, but yeah, more power to him. Well, Another just, great just point. the other day, he, he tweeted just the other day, Something and this is like within the last two days, I think he tweeted something about should I wait for the green light for the big movie or should I just make a a horror short? And everyone said make a horror short, and he's like he's probably going to make a horror short because he's going to make something instead of waiting for the you know. And I'm just like there you go. We we are talking about the beta test though, and not you know Jim Cummings as great as he is, but uh, the beta test is freaking hilarious. That opening scene. Yeah. Is we talk about Giallo a lot, and it, it definitely has it definitely has uh, flavors of that. And th- this movie is uh, just one long tonal shift, but it totally works, and it's uh, it's a good one. It's a good one. Another good one, and it has Virginia Newcomb in it. So and hey, look at that. <laughs> yes, and look at that it has Virginia Newcomb in it. Number two is this movie that Bruce has talked about a lot on this episode, and we, we've talked about a lot, is number two is Titan. 
Titan. Thank you, by the way, for helping me and Anderson correctly not say Titan anymore, but Titan. So that is number two. And number one with a bullet is Bruce Perky's favorite movie, I believe, of 2021. Bruce, can you uh, do the honors? Within. Yes. Exactly. You got it. (laughs) Thank you, Bruce, for your great taste. What was your number one of the year? And our uh, it, truly, it was probably a tie, but PG Psycho Gorman has the most fun and rewatchability. So PG Psycho Gorman, I mean, uh, if it's not your cup of tea, you just don't like tea. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> All right, okay, Bruce Perky, are you saying PG Psycho Gorman is a better film than Drive My Car and Lo- and yeah, Drive My Car and The Power of the Dog? I'm putting you on the spot. Is it more emotionally resonant? Does it have better yes. cinematography? Does it have okay? Maybe to some people no, <laughs> but for for it's okay. Here's what here's my here's my. I think it's the funniest script of the year, like no doubt. And I went on this whole tirade, but I mean it. It has everything you could possibly want in a movie. It does. Okay, simple as that. Psycho Gorm- Psycho yes. Gorman is uh, one of those uh, movies that uh, you invite a bunch of people over and. I I found another contestant for your movie of nonsense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they just sit down, drink, and watch it. It's freaking awesome. I, the the Psycho Gorman is definitely one of those movies that calls it shot and hits it out of the park. It, it's so good. It's so funny. It, and here, here's and here's the reason it's number one. Like the other ones hit me harder, had more emotion. Honestly, like maybe more artistic. But what movie, if it's on at any point in the movie, and I was going by it on TV, would I continue to watch? Probably PG Psycho Gorman. Very, very good. So it's also why I'm glad that they never play Psycho Gorman when I go into Best Buy. Because, <laughs> great, now I'm just going to have to sit in the TV area and just stare at the TV watching the rest until Psycho Gorman's out. And then they replay it. And I'm like, you son of a bitch. I need to get home. And you keep playing Psycho Gorman. And, Bruce, by the way, I was not putting you on the stand regarding your love for PG Psycho Gorman. That was an agreed upon top five. I was not putting you on trial. I was just playing devil's, I I was playing devil's advocate. That's something that Raheem from A Hero should have done a little bit more in his decision making so that is the maybe our agreed upon top five but now let's talk about our personal top five eric holmes let's hear your five let's hear them the uh, are we starting number five four three two one oh yeah yeah you want to do yeah five let's go you want to do that bruce you want to do five 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 you want to do that sure that sounds good okay Uh, so okay well i got 10 so i'll just do two of them we'll we'll start with uh number five We'll start with a movie called Happily, oh. and another one called One Shot with Scott Atkins. In- Are they tied? Are they tied yeah. at the fifth spot? Okay. Uh, I, I, I couldn't break it down for less than 10. <laughs> I tried, okay. but I couldn't do it. So I'll, I'll oh. just stick to each one and move on down. Okay, Happily. And, but and yeah, ha- Happily is one of those I think kind of got a, kind of lost in the weeds, but it's a, it's a really good uh, kind of... Uh, Kind of like a comedy, but it's got some thriller elements to it. Uh, really similar uh, in tonal. It, actually, Happily would probably make a really good double feature with Beta Test. Because they, yeah. they both do that kind of tonal shift thing. Yep. And One Shot is a great double feature with uh, The Revenant. Because they're both equally amazing. Yes, yes. Very good. And I also loved Happily as well um, for its love of Jallo. And really, really enjoyed that movie. My number five is... Thank I, I'm sure Eric Holmes is happy to hear this, is Bergman Island, a movie that still I can watch over and over again. I am in love with Bergman Island. That's my number five. Bruce, what's your number five? So I did a special category for all of my five, and that is I only picked movies that I had 
absolutely no knowledge of when we got the screeners or when we saw them. Like oh, I had America. never heard of them. I knew nothing of them. So these are out of the blue. Like, whoa, that's really good. I knew nothing about that. So in that case, it won't overlap with some of my actual other top 25 and 31s. Um, my number five is Bergman Island, just like you. Very good. Bergman Island uh, came out of nowhere. I had no idea what it was, and it surprised me and how much I liked it. And it'll surprise Eric how much he likes it when he sees it again. <laughs> okay, so this is a Bergman Island gang up on Eric Holmes. I apologize, Eric Holmes. Number four. What is your number four for, for you, All right, Eric? So uh, number four, I'll go with the mind fucks. Uh, these two kind of uh, work together well. One is the Wolf House. It's just the way it was put together and the amount of uh, talent, creativity, and everything that goes into that is just amazing. And uh, the one to go along with that is the Blazing World. Now, it doesn't have the same, it doesn't have the same, the, the you know, the same, uh, the animation style, but I think it, it goes uh, just as crazy. And I, I really love the, the filmmaking of it. I love the headiness of it and how it just kind of transported me. Kind of similar to how David Lynch does when David Lynch does David Lynch the best. And uh, I know, okay. I, I know that Bruce agrees with me that also The Blazing World is one of the best movies of the year. And I'm glad that I could put it on my list so Bruce didn't have to. Uh... Very good. Very good. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, I'm a, you're a giver. Thank you. <laughs> yes. And remember, Eric, I also love The the Blazing World as well. Very good yes. choice on number four. My number four is an obvious choice, Paul Verhoeven's Benedetta, because I'm that kind of guy. I'm the, I'm the Paul Verhoeven guy. <laughs> whole group. I mean, no, I, no, in fairness, both Bruce and Eric love it. But I, I, I have this uh, I, I have this love for, I, you know, I even love Showgirls. But Benedetta is just classic Paul Verhoeven filmmaker. Four, what's number four for you, Bruce? Uh, the number four movie that came out of the blue for me was Escape from Mogadishu. Um, oh, I, I thought it came was out this year. That would have been on a, <laughs> Yeah, such a great... Um, just a great like kind of historical adventure, but it it just was more sprawling than I thought it was going to be. It had some really interesting character character moments, and it just had one of the most amazing action scenes uh, that I saw all year when um, they were all in cars going somewhere. And I won't talk, describe it exactly, but it was really really good. Heart definitely racing in that moment. Very good pick, Bruce Perky on Escape from Mogadishu, and it's. Uh... Yeah, it's currently on, on Blu-ray as we speak. So I might be doing a giveaway on that pretty, pretty soon. So number three, we're going to number three. Eric Holmes, what is your number three? All right, these ones, uh, most would call them guilty pleasures. I just call them pleasures. And uh, one of them is In the Heights. <laughs> Uh, some, oh, sometimes cool. you just need uh, you just need to get some fun. We've had some really good musicals, uh, Tick Tick Boom. I really like that. But In the Heights was just I don't know. It was just it was just the one that kind of I kept coming back to. The kids uh, had put it on a couple of times, and it just kind of kind of stuck with me. Makes me feel good. And the other one is uh, uh, you know it's not Jingle all the way. It's single all the way. And uh, <laughs> oddly enough, I think of this year, that might be the movie I've seen the most times this year. <laughs> um, especially during the, especially it came out during Christmas. And I, I, I probably saw this movie like five times. And it's, it's just, uh, it's just uh, much like In the Heights. It's one of those movies that make me feel good. And I'm glad this movie exists. And I hope more movies like it come out. I uh, love all the characters. Love how fun it is. Love how it's positive towards, you know, it's positive towards gay sexuality. And it's not like that's not the point of it. 
it's just kind of uh it's just kind of there and it's just um yeah i want to see i want to see this movie more times and i want to see sequels to it and i just want to see where these uh characters are and i want to live with them and hug them every day because i love them all okay so that was very good that's in i, I want to hang out with the character from single all the way and go in the heights and then we can all sing and dance <laughs> together very, very good in the heights and single all the way that's his number three pick what about you, Bruce? Uh, my number three pick is Old Henry. Yeah. Just a solid, streamlined, not fast, but very pure Western with an amazing lead performance. And by, um, I can never remember his name. Yes. What Tim is Blake his Nelson. Tim Blake Thank Nelson. Thank you. Very, very Tim good. Blake Nelson. And a great secondary performance by Stephen Dorff, very very Stephen Dorff, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's this great Judgment movie. Night. Yes, from yeah, Judgment Night. Yes, <laughs> love him. It's a great movie, and I think people are slowly discovering this, but definitely a movie that came and went way too quickly. Yes, Old Henry, really wonderful western, out now on Blu-ray on Shout Factory. Hopefully, it'll be out in various streaming services down the road. So we are now at number two. Eric, what's your two for two? Uh, did you do your number three? I don't think he did his number three. I don't oh, think he I'm did sorry. either. You're good, very good, Eric. Pig, You're welcome. Pig's my number three. I'm not going to say. Woo. I'm not going to say any more about Pig because we all know how much I love that movie. Oink, 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 oink. Uh, yeah, Pig over Gunda. So okay, now Eric, what's your what's your number two? Okay, uh, my number twos. Um, well, I'll, I'll bump this up since uh, Bruce already said it. One of them's Old Henry for all the reasons Bruce mentioned. It's uh, this actually should probably be number one or tied for the number one, but we'll we'll put it here <laughs> since Bruce mentioned it. Um, the other one is a very very important movie. The movie that speaks to us as a nation, us as a world. It, it speaks to uh, you know there's there's problems going on and we got to fix them. Peachy Psycho Garmin? Yeah. PG. No no no. Uh, it's it's oh. got it's got some it's got some really big actors in it, and I think national champions kind of national national <laughs> champions kind of shows how you oh. can get over those problems. As yeah. much as I love, don't look up. Uh, <laughs> national totally champion, me. <laughs> very good. Very as good, as right. much as I love, don't look up. I think national champions is the movie that that finds a problem and it actually gives you blueprints on how to solve the problem. Unfortunately, no one saw it. But again, maybe I, as much as I love Don't Look Up, uh, that's not the, the wrong conversations are happening there, unfortunately. But I think if national, maybe that's why people don't talk about national champions is because it's so obvious. It's right there. It gives you the blueprints. Well, we, we can't we can't have people solving problems, can we? We need it, people to <laughs> complain about other bullshit going on. But, it, but like you said, it's still a good movie. Very well done. It, it, very it's a well great film. movie. And if uh, and the cool thing about National Champions is uh, this movie will be around forever, and maybe someday a uh, college athlete's going to watch this movie and be inspired by it. Might not be this year, but the, you know that that's the cool thing about art; it lives forever. Um, maybe someone watches, um, you know, finally comes across Network and it changes them. It, it'll be like that. Eventually, someone will come across National Champions and they're about to play a National Champion game. And, you know, college athletes are hurting themselves over a, air quote, college education, you know, whatever. Um, they're destroying their bodies and being uh, exploited over it. And it could change things. And so I think, uh, you know, 
movies like that are important, and this is an important movie, and I hope the right people come across this one day. Yes, okay, very good, National Champions. This is, this is the type of movie that when you watch it, you're going to say, oh, I can't believe I it took me this long to see it. So this is one of these type of movies. Hopefully, it doesn't get too lost in the ether. Very good recommendation from Eric Holmes. My number two is, well, actually, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to get to my number two in a second. Bruce, what's your number two? My number two. My number two is one of the aforementioned rowing movies, The Novice. Oh, yeah, very good. I actively dreaded this movie when we I saw it pop up and I saw, oh, fuck, another <laughs> rowing movie. We just had one like a month ago. Shit. And when it started out, I was still worried, and it ended up being something totally different and super good. Super good. The novice, super good. Very great. Great lead performance by Isabel Furman. My number two yep. is an obvious choice. I feel very bad because Eric and Bruce are bringing in, bringing in with their top five. I just made my top five, period. Mine's cut and dry. The power of the dog, because who doesn't want a wonderful mentor like Bronco Henry? And that is... <laughs> <laughs> Old and Henry. I, Forget Bronco Henry, old Henry. <laughs> yes, yes, very good, Bruce. Old but the Bronco power- Henry. Again, this is the thing. It's my number two. I absolutely love this movie, but it's it has a there is a divide. There are people. I think most everyone I know has told me, you know, the power of the dog. Highly, I was highly disappointed with the movie, but there, it's really it's one of those movies, right, Bruce? That's just absolutely beloved by critics, but there is a huge chasm between critics and moviegoers are you guys seeing the same kind of you know just yeah split? i i i think more people like it than don't like it honestly mm. i see a lot of people that really really like it I, I still contend that they just need to change the soundtrack to a little more of a humorous soundtrack and the whole movie will change and be great he falls off the horse <laughs> no I, th- I think i think uh power of the dogs one of those uh it's getting like a lot of awards buzz for sure for uh, sure it, it, as far as the movie itself, the acting and all that, and Jane Campion, she's pretty good. Uh, this yeah. didn't quite land with me, but I, you know, you can't deny good filmmaking when it happens. Yeah. So right. we're going now to our number one of the year, top five as far as top five goes. What are you, what's your top two for one, Eric? Two okay. One. So my number two is Sam and Maddie make a zombie movie. Uh, Sam and Maddie is completely charming, as we said during the Virginia Newcomb Award. And as good as the documentary portion of it is, the actual movie, when they show the actual movie at the end, is divine. Uh, divine. It's spectacular. Uh, spectacular. Scrum trulescent. I'm, I'm trying to think of like big, big, big words. that uh, Exemplary. It's Pem, Pem Zammy. <laughs> Pem Zam. Sam and Maddie make a zombie movie. The actual movie at the end is Pem Zam. And the, and the, uh, the documentary that goes along with it does a lot to uh, endear us to Sam and Maddie. Not that it was that hard. I mean, they're yeah. <laughs> very uh, adorable and endearing. And it, it's just a great movie, and I want to see... I, I want to see him do more stuff. Yeah. No, with, without a documentary attached to it. I want to see what Sam and Maddie with have him. in store. And my number number one, and this is probably not going to be a secret to anyone, is My Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To. This was uh, just a completely dreadful, like not like it's dreadful, but like actual invokes dread, uh, suspense. And it just uh, it, it moved me in a way similar to how uh, uh, it comes at night. It, it was real yes. similar to that. And I, I love that when it came out and I love this one now. And it's not it's not easy to watch. But when I do, 
like I know what I'm getting with it every time I go back to it. And when I do, it's like, oh, I can torture myself again for another hour and a half. <laughs> but but it, it's, it's like that kind of torture that makes I, I enjoy that, and I can't quite describe it. Eric, have you? And I think it's more narratively more narratively complete than it yeah. comes at night. I think. Yeah. Eric, in the within the last several months, have you had people or just people come up to you and just or talk to you via our Facebook group and say, "Hey, great recommendation," or "On my heart can't beat unless no. you tell it to." No, 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 so, one, no one talks to me. <laughs> no one talks to you, but you haven't heard of other people other than you and Bruce who've actually really loved the movie, right? Uh, I, I, this is this is the one. Like a lot of people haven't seen it, but like uh, I'll see like a uh, top top horror movies of the year or whatever. I, I think this is just top movie of the year period. And I'm, I'm baffled. That it's not getting more love, but it kind of, it kind of works for this because this is that type of movie. That's like, Hey, so you know, yeah, over here, uh, something in your ear. It's like, I'm going to be, unless you tell it to wait, what would you say? Oh, it was this uh, vampire movie I saw. It's like, my heart can't be unless you tell it to Oh, you know, you know. And now all of a sudden we're immediately friends. <laughs> so I think it's I, another one I kind of want to throw out uh, that would have that same thing to a much less degree because this movie is not talked about at all. But Seder mm-hmm. is kind of kind of along those same lines. And you know what? Fuck it. I'm putting Seder on that too. <laughs> you know what's so funny? It, it, Seder it scare, it still scares me the fact that where it's set and I'm just – I really love the whole atmosphere behind Seder. So it's, it's yeah. one of these movies that I think when we talked about it, we all enjoyed it. But it feels to me, Eric, that as the weeks have rolled on, it sort of crept into you a little bit more, sunk, sunk its teeth in you a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, I, I just like the – like you said, it's the atmosphere. And like like I said, it doesn't make me feel good at all. But, you know, sometimes sometimes you like – you know, there's a movie called Secretary and she's a cutter because she likes the pain. Maybe she's punishing herself or I, I'm not a cutter, so I don't know how that works. But I'm like a film cutter. <laughs> I like to <laughs> watch movies editor. that make me feel bad <laughs> yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And this is the one that kind of fit that bill. Seder and My Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To You. Very good choices. You know, it's so funny, Bruce – Regarding your number one, I guess it's—is it a different one? Obviously, it's a—it's going to be a surprise. What's a surprise for number one? Did you? Yeah, um, yeah. So mine are all surprises, so they're going to not be the same as my my other yeah, list. Top five, yeah. But my surprise number one is the one that probably most blindsided me of all the movies that we got that I had no idea about. First of all, I got the title Riders of Justice and I was like, what the fuck is Riders of Justice? This is a motorcycle movie. This is a cowboy movie. And then I watched it and I was like, what the fuck is Riders of Justice? <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And about 30 minutes into it, I was like, what the fuck is Riders of Justice? Because this movie is so many movies. And it it does them all really well. It's funny. It's dramatic. It's emotional at times. It's got fantastic characters. It it narratively is unpredictable as hell. You know, you can't ask for much more. Like I said earlier, you can't ask for much more from a movie to give you all of those things. And I think Writers of Justice, of all the movies that I had not a clue about, had not ever heard of, didn't know anything about it, this is probably the one that blew me away the most with just its... It just coming out of nowhere, right and left, and just messing up my brain for days. So, Writers of Justice. So, did we have a Find Your Film Awards from last year? Did we have one of those things from last year? Is this our a little mini one. We did. <clears throat> so, th- this will be our first. Do you guys agree this is our first Find Your Film Awards? Is this, is this it? Will we have the same the first category? The true one, I think. 
This is the first. Okay, so folks, this is our first true Find Your Film Awards. I'm going to be writing up our our uh, the winners and whatnot. Maybe I'll put it up on we the should, deepest uh, dream site. Yes, sir. Before we forget, we should go through. The, no, I'm, uh, no, no, no. I'm not. No, no. no. All right. We don't want. We don't like our cinematics Facebook group members like <laughs> Mitch Daly or tell me Joseph not Bridges. Believing you every time you say Matt Stillman. <laughs> who, who are they? Andrew Martin, Angie Clark? Do you, do we need to mention Jeff Basson? Yes, do we? Have do. Brian O'Connell. Do we need to mention? Of course. What? You have to uh, hug you, them all. If any of you guys are all. listening, Eric and Bruce are the ones. Why are you, you mentioning all my gimps? They're all in the box. <laughs> right now. What are you doing that for? Yes, Bruce. Why don't we mention some of the people who, who actually chimed in on their own? Well, did you do your winners. number one? What? My, you did know, you I'm so one? unoriginal. I, look, here's the thing. Okay, I'm, I refuse to do my number one because here's the reason why. <laughs> my, my number one is drive my car. So drive my car and the power of the dog is number two. Three is pig. Four is Benedetta. Five is Bergman Island. This sounds, this looks like a top five for a movie critic and you guys came up with like real just movie fan movie cinephile kind of thing so i feel yeah but you got some you got some good like you got benedetta in there which yeah. by the way yeah god there's so many movies like one of the things i'm worried about with this like it, i got already five too many movies on my list because it's supposed to be five but then <laughs> this is going to come out and be like oh fuck that movie was last year wasn't it Son of a bitch, that should have been like, you know, that right, there's always going to be that sort of thing. But Benedetta was one of those where, like, as soon as you said that, I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> and, you know, in all, in all seriousness, seriousness, though, our Find Your Film Awards are actually completed by our our group members. We We love them. And also, I selfishly love them because they provide us with some real great movie knowledge and movie picks as well. Bruce Porky, what do you have from some of our fellow members, oh our gosh. fellow friends uh, regarding some of what, whatever you want to read? Yeah, I'm not going to go in all of the details. So I would say uh, if you're not if you're not in our cinematics group on Facebook, join the group. If you are, go find the post I put up a few days ago about the best 2021 because some people gave some really comprehensive lists. Um, but I would highlight a few. So let's see. Under Matt Stillman, I'm sorry, I'm going to reach over a little bit here. Sorry, microphone. Um, <laughs> Matt Stillman. Uh, I want to at least give his Virginia Newcomer Award is for. Uh, Catriona Balfi from Belfast, which mm. I did not see, I not so I do not yet. know how great that was. I saw Bell slow. Uh, it was a little slow. <laughs> the obviously high, the high um, thing was Eric's take on "Don't Look Up." For me, it was somewhere which I don't remember anymore. <clears throat> yes. uh, somewhere, yeah, somewhere beautiful movie and, uh, by Sofia Coppola and Stephen. Greg Wolf. was the the tender bar. <laughs> <laughs> so. The tender bar, yeah. Matt Stillman does not like my take on the tender bar, which I thought, thought no. was a very miserable film. Yes, one star. Yes, sir. Eric Holmes, are uh, you going to tell me I, that you love the tender bar? Are you going to say that? I, I did not watch all of it, but my brother was watching it. I caught like uh, about about a half hour of it, and you're, you're it, okay with that? Yeah. Okay, cool. No, it it, it, it had some uh, undercover funny parts. I, I think overall, I dug what I saw, but I'm yeah. in a big hurry to get back to it. <laughs> if, um, you know, if if the Tender Bar was an alcoholic beverage, it would be a three-day open Capri Sun that's rotting <laughs> on the side of a playground. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. 
I'm sorry. Pre- the movies that we brought to him, uh, a couple he mentioned was Mitchell's versus the Machines and Annette. So I thought that mm. was pretty cool. We got Joseph Bridges. Joseph Bridges, uh, one of the other 600 plus movie watchers last year. So he watches 600 his, movies as well, that guy. <laughs> take his opinion to heart. One of his favorite non-human character was the chicken from Cry Macho. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> he mentioned a what the fuck moment, which made me add this movie to my box because I had forgotten this happened this year. And he said there was a sex scene in New York Ninja at, with the plutonium killer and his girlfriend. And New York Ninja is, I think, an 80s movie that was lost and actually finished and released this year. That's something interesting. Oh, very good. Let's see what else? See anything else on here? <laughs> um, <laughs> he said Greg on everything for being high. You know, he, said, he says he thinks you're trolling us. <laughs> yeah, I, he thinks I'm trolling everybody. I said, I think I'm trolling myself. Yeah. So, yeah. And he said that uh, we brought him Miracle Mile. And Miracle Mile seems to be the movie Love that, that movie. keeps on, on paying off yeah. to people. A lot of people discovered that movie, I thought. He didn't say Bad uh, Jack Fitzpatrick? I thought he loved that one. Uh <laughs> Maybe he did. I might have missed it. He's just too embarrassed to Jack- write it down. Don't worry. Yeah. You know. That's okay. Know. We know. Just give us the nod. Give us the nod in the bat wings. That's what you do if you're if you're one of those. <laughs> Jack Fitzpatrick, I gave a great one for non-human character. He said the subject in VHS 94. Okay. Because he said they're not quite human yeah. anymore, if you remember that one really well. His what the fuck moment was malignant. Uh, no surprise, but also a great choice, I thought. And he also had Florence Pugh as the Virginia Newcomb. And I think we all agree that um, even though she's been in quite a few things, she could be in a lot more. No. Um, it's not a lot. We want them in everything. It's yes. not currently in everything. everything. <laughs> he lists, he said, he's got a great post, by the way. You can go through it. It's very, very detailed. I could read it. It would probably take me about 20 minutes. Uh, he did say <laughs> that he really liked the fact that... Um, we suggested Meander, and I, I suggested Meander in the advent calendar. He also said some other ones he hasn't even gotten around to, which was Gaia, Sensor, Mass, Cop Shop, Teton. So obviously we're making a list for him, uh, which is really cool. We'd love to do that. And then Peter Beta. Peter Beta Pita test, Beta. yes. I'm looking at it right most now. I, I like the one thing I liked about him is he says the most WTF moment of the year is the explosion from Shadow in the Cloud. Shadow in the Cloud is a movie that <laughs> Bruce Perky is like. Bruce Perky is basically, you know, he's the, the last guy in the Alamo and he's defending all naysayers on Shadow in the Cloud and he is going to seek independence from for Texas. He loves Shadow in the Cloud too. So- I will preemptively say this is the movie that I must have been high when I saw it. So I'll say that now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <But> <laughs> But anyways, that is very interesting. And then he also he also makes fun of a movie that I was high on. He was he surprised that I was uh, my love of Sweet Girl. He just said, "Bruh, how could you love that movie?" And then for him, bruh. also, "Bruh," a movie that Peter Beta discovered via Find Your Film that has stuck with him is. And I want to say this because I love this movie. I actually recommended this to Bruce and Eric Rams from this year. I'm so yes. glad that's a movie that guys. Can we just say, if we had money, we would just give everyone Blu-rays of Rams, right? That's a great, great film. Yes, so. definitely. By the way, that's not the remake with Sam Neill. I haven't seen the remake, but this is the original. I kind of want to see the remake. Just to, Same here. Just to see. Because like, like, the Guilty was awesome, but then the remake, I, I still like the remake because it, it just, I like seeing the different take on the same thing, but uh, mm-hmm. I would, would definitely be interested to see the remake of Rams. 
And we agree with Mitch Daly. His favorite, his Virginia Newcomb Award is the award goes to Florence Pugh. That might be an obvious award, but maybe this that award goes to goes to someone that he probably that we actually said, hey, you know what? This is an actor actress that I really love, and I want to see more of more of him or her. And I think Florence Pugh actually came into Mitch Daly's life this last year. And for me, that that person also along. With my previous pick would be Rob Morgan. We love Rob Morgan from the aforementioned Don't Look Up as well. And as far as Mitch Daly's most WTF moment of the year, it was he was resisting spoilers. <laughs> Again, this goes back to the VHS 94 film, 94 segment, Ratma, which Jack Fitzpatrick mentioned. Ratma. <laughs> yes. You know what? Ratma. Com- complaint from fi- the us, all three of us, I'm going to say this, we should have just done several episodes on the beauty of Ratma. Is that not an amazing <laughs> film? Yeah, Ratma was <laughs> yeah. great. By the way, you know who should have – I'm not saying who should have directed, but you know who would be great at doing a feature-length version of Ratma? What do you guys think? Do you have an idea? I have an idea. Who's the director of Chappie? Oh, there you go. Oh, I can see that. Yeah? Yeah. So that would be very, very good. Damn it. I should put Demonic on my top ten. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that that is it. That wraps up, I believe, our Find Your Film Awards. I am going to call an audible. Since our awards was so meaty for this episode, we have a Dean Koontz wallet watch. But guess what? Dean Koontz is omnipresent and omniscient. We're going to do Dean Koontz and his wallet and that movie called Mulholland Falls, a movie that I foisted upon Bruce Perkin and Eric Holmes. We're going to cover that next week. We're going to cover some recommendations next week. We're going to talk about boxes. Peter Beta, we, we did not ignore you. We put your beat your beats by Peter Beta at the beginning of the movie. I'm not ignoring you, Eric Holmes. Yes, sir. I, I was uh, wondering, can we... Uh, I, I would recommend no. anyone yes, listening yes. Uh, to this, watch Mulholland Falls, and maybe we can talk some spoilers and get more don't into you, it. Don't you laugh when, when Eric Holmes says well, you, maybe we should watch Mulholland Falls. How dare you laugh at Eric Holmes' suggestion, his beautiful suggestion at watching this underrepresented film from, noir. How dare you, Bruce Berkey? Yes, From the writer of Rush. From the, the writer. The oh, Jason Patrick one. Not oh. not the new one. The, the Jason Patrick one from 91. The oh. good Rush. The good <laughs> The good rush, the good Affleck. Didn't you? Didn't you learn anything, Eric Holmes, from a hero? There are no good or bad people. They're just stupid decisions along the way that we make. Writer right? from uh, Wild Bill, the right. Walter Hill joint. Well, okay, so Eric Holmes is going on this huge. I love Pete Dexter rant. I don't know where that's coming from. Pete Dexter is the writer behind Mulholland Falls. By I'm the way, just saying, watch Mulholland Falls, and then when we talk about it next week, <laughs> then you don't have to worry about spoilers because you would have already seen it. And you go, yes, I know what they're talking about now. FYI, regarding Pete Dexter, I believe Eric Holmes' brain will break if he ever saw this movie starring Dennis Hopper. Are you a Dennis Hopper fan, Eric Holmes? I don't hate him. I don't love him. I, I whenever he shows up, he's usually good. Um, but what I'm about not, Ed Harris? I'm not strong one way or another. I what do about love Ed, Ed Harris? You love Ed Harris. Do you love Barbara Hershey as well? It's about the same as Dennis Hopper. Same. Okay, Dennis Hopper, Barbara Hershey, Ed Harris starred in a movie called Paris Trout, based yes, on a novel by yes. Pete Dexter, and that is a sinister film. I, I I don't know if you've ever seen that, Eric Holmes. It's a, no, I, a, I I saw that on the IMDb when I was looking them up, and then I, it's, that'll it's a it's directed by this guy named Stephen Gyllenhaal. Do you know who his son is? Bruce Perkins. I do. Do you have an idea who the son of? <laughs> I'm directing on uh, he's some Peaks. guy who has a scarf 
from Taylor Swift. I don't know what his name uh, yeah, is. So, so very good. No, no. His son actually started this movie called The Guilty, and his his uh, he has a daughter who's actually lost. She's a lost daughter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That again. That was Mag- Maggie Gyllenhaal. Stephen Gyllenhaal. Final thoughts before we go. Eric Holmes. Final thoughts. It's been a great year for movies, and actually, I can't wait for next week because we get to talk about my whole info. <laughs> yes, and uh, finally, yes, I can't wait. I don't, Bruce is not excited. I don't know if you look at Bruce's letterbox. I have an idea why he's not excited about Mulholland Falls, but we're going to get to that in a little bit because I'm I might actually be on Bruce's side until I saw it on the rewatch. But Bruce, you know what? I'm going to tell you something. My heart can't beat unless you tell it to. So please tell us, our listeners, your final thoughts. Uh, Pemzam. <laughs> All right, guys. Lunana, a yak in what? A yak in the summertime? <laughs> okay, thank you for making me actually edit that. Listeners, you're just listening to a, a final edit that Eric Holmes, I'm fine with him dropping that because this is towards the end of the podcast. He did night, He did his rendition of Nights in, in White what Satin. Does, the, what uh, does the teacher in Lunana say when the kids are talking too much? What What does the teacher say? Yakety yak, don't talk back. <laughs> yak. <laughs> Yeah, All right, guys. We will see you. Next You're listening week. to Find Your Film Karaoke after hours. <laughs> All right, guys. See you next week. Thanks again for listening.